Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. These episodes are like gold because you're likely not going to hear this feedback from your client. Or if you do, it's generally through someone else from someone on your team and in a situation like a performance review where it's already too late. Yep, that is true. So hopefully this will help you be a little bit more aware and proactive. But I also want to make the point that these are not necessarily poor performing agencies. You may produce really good work, but still get fired for making one of these mistakes because you can't really hide behind the work anymore. So that's why we're doing this episode. And so let's jump into four business limiting mistakes agencies make. The first one is undermining their client partner. And I speak from a lot of experience on this one, and I can tell you that nothing leads to dysfunctionality faster than going over the head of your client partner. And we talk a lot about the importance of growing a highly functioning team in order to consistently deliver quality work. You can't do this if there's a lack of respect and trust with your client contact. I have fired agencies over this exact one because once the trust is lost, it is very, very hard to regain it. So the way to avoid this is to make sure that you're managing the dynamics within the team, right? If you can and there's something that comes up that's like, we just as a team can't solve for this, then you as a team decide that you're going to go to a certain third party in order to be able to have that conversation, When you go above and beyond that partner without their consent, you're breaking the cardinal rule of trust. And that is, again, like I said, very, very hard to rebuild. And there's very, very few times when you actually would do that. So you got to be ready for the consequences if you decide to do that. And so what I want to kind of outline based on my experience, and I know April's going to chime in here, is some of those situations where you may feel that you've been justified, but I'm going to give you the insider's look into what actually is happening on the client side when you do that and how it doesn't necessarily reflect well on you. And I would doubt that it actually has ever been successful for you. Yeah. And real quick, before we get into that piece here, I just want to say that on the agency side, I think you have to be careful, even if it's not, if you don't have the intent of going above and beyond the person's head, because we've talked before about Mm -hmm. how emotions run high in agencies and egos are large. So if you are, let's say, the account lead on the team and you mention that there's an issue, just be careful about how and what you say and to whom. Because I've been part of situations where someone on the team says, oh, I had a rough call with so-and-so and the game of telephone begins, right? And all yep. of a sudden, the owner of the agency is calling their lead person at the client. And it's something that, like Ann said, you can't undo and you very well may be fired for, or at the very least, even if the relationship continues, you're always going to be at that disadvantage because your client partner isn't going to trust that that isn't going to happen again. Right. And we're going to get into why that's the case here through some of these situations. Yeah. 
one of the first rationales um, that the agency has for circumventing their client partner is the agency wants to develop a relationship with senior management to set themselves up for a strong performance review and or to get more work. And the reality here is it's generally not the senior manager who is leading or writing your performance review. It's usually your client partner. That's at least where it starts. So the point that you want to be making the relationship with is with that client partner, because that is a person who will be advocating for you. That is a person who is going to be expressing whether or not they want to continue with you as an agency or not. It's also the 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 impetus for actual conversation to happen about you with others within the company. I was a client leader on a lot of my agencies, and I was able to get work from my agency with other people with MP&G because I had the firsthand experience of the work. It wasn't my boss or my boss's boss that was able to get them that work. It was because I was able to go and advocate for them and say, hey, they did a fabulous job here. They're really the experts here. This is how they work. You should take a look at them. And that's where usually the point of entry is for agencies. Sometimes it happens if you're able to have really good relationships up at the top and is able to funnel through, but usually it does not work well for a couple of reasons. One, it takes way too long to drill down to that level. And second, when you get to that level, everybody below that is rarely resentful of the fact that now they've been forced an agency that they didn't actually necessarily want or advocate for. A second rationale is agencies want senior management to overrule decisions being made at the team level. Back to what I was saying before, in reality, most cases, those senior managers defer to the teams that are actually in the work to make the decisions. So trying to undo a decision already made by going to a senior manager really creates a lot, a lot of drama, and that almost always reflects poorly on the agency. All right. And this also happens when agencies want to talk to the senior managers because they're trying to run a certain agenda. And so what they listen for is something that the senior manager is saying. And then they take that and then they abandon the whole entire brief and they go and they run with that. And then when the work comes back and your client partner is looking at it, they're like, what the heck happened here? And I said, well, so and so your boss said this. And you're like, Oh, my gosh, as a client partner, that's awful because then you have to go back and have to undo everything. And when I can tell you 95 percent of the time and I went back to my boss or my senior manager and I said, when you said this, this is what the agency heard. Please don't say anything else <laughs> like that. You know, please only you know, uh, reinforce the brief. The senior manager was like, oops, sorry, I made a mistake and then retracted everything. Mm-hmm. So all the work was wasted because the senior manager went back and it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was going outside the brief. That is my bad. Why don't you guys manage it and then bring it to me when it's ready? Which is the, another one of these, which is agencies want senior management to see all the work, not just what the client partner wants to show them, because they believe if the if the actual senior manager sees it, then they have a little bit more control of it. And what I constantly heard from my <laughs> my agency partners was like, well, I feel like you rule out some of the work before we even get them to see it. And, you know, these are ideas that we're really passionate about. And these are ideas that's like, well, that's fantastic, except for... Your client partners know senior managers better than you do, right? So you need to listen to them. If they say, this is not the right idea to take to them, this is not ready to take to them, you really need to respect the fact that they understand that dynamic because if you don't respect that, 
they can't advocate for you in those meetings. And that can go really, really poorly as well, especially if you decide you don't want your client partner to see any of the work before it gets to the senior manager. Then that even puts them in a worse position because then they're like, um, I'm seeing it for the first time too. I'm going to give my feedback the same that I would give it if I was seeing it with you without my manager. All right, so those are some things you have to really understand and think about from the work standpoint. The final rationale I'll say here is that don't use a senior management to manage your client partner. It's kind of what we said at the very, very beginning about how that really erodes the trust. The reality is if you somehow blame or make your client partner look bad, they will go into a CYA mode. So that is going to be their mode. That's their defense mode. You better believe their credibility or their integrity is is actually put into any kind of question. They're going to throw you underneath the bus so dang quick, <laughs> your head's going to spin because they're not going to lose in that situation. Yes. And I would say, you know, on the agency side, right, I've seen this happen quite often. So there's a lot of credibility to all the points that Anne made here. And I think the reason it happens, right, is because we have gotten burned before. There have been situations where it wasn't the right client partner, but that doesn't mean that you then go and blanket that experience or transfer that experience to every other experience that comes after that. And so I think if, you know, on the agency side, if you're the account lead or the creative lead or whatever your role is on the team as the team lead, you have to be able to, one, look at things from a place of objectivity to assess what's really going on in the situation. And then number two, I think if on the agency side, we spent more time building a proper relationship with the client lead versus being nervous or unsure Mm -hmm. about what is going to come. And obviously, you know, if you've been burned, you're you're gun shy. Or if you've had a client partner where some of these things have happened, and it's been right where it's like, well, you know, this person said we couldn't show any of this work. And then we got the final concept in front of senior management and they weren't happy. And we knew that there were things on the floor now that would have answered some of those questions. Right. So it's not to say that there isn't the reality that this stuff does happen. But I think my perspective would be that when a situation like this happens and it goes wrong, then that becomes the concern for all future work. And in my experience, there are a couple of those out there and 75% plus of the rest of them where you could avoid all of the things Anne Uh just said if you would just take the time to understand your client's role, your client's motivation, what they're looking to do and achieve and work with them collectively on that. And like Ann said, then that client lead is happy. They're going to refer you to other areas of the business. They're going to refer you to potentially other clients. And guess what? Those referrals are going to be more in line with the positive relationship you have with the client lead in those accounts instead of some of this PTSD baggage of something that went wrong. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I want to express, I know this happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know, like, clients go bad. They, like, they aren't as smart as they should be. Um, They're Maybe they're not as savvy as they should be. Um, When things don't go right, they throw the agency under the bus. Anyway, I totally understand that there's an integrity issue, or there could be an integrity issue on the client side as well. But I like what you said, April, is that 
it shouldn't be the automatic assumption. Yeah. It shouldn't be the knee-jerk reaction yeah. that like, oh, I didn't get my way, so you know what? I'm going to go around my my client mm-hmm. lead, and I'm going to have a conversation with their boss, or I'm going to try to find a way to push this through in a different way in order to suit my own agenda, which is, I think, tends to be sometimes the PTSD kind of reacting mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I'm not going through this again, or yep. I remember how this was, where really all it needs is some relationship formulation of expectations of sometimes it's the language um and we're going to get to that a little bit later where the language is just off and so those are things you need to diagnose and understand first mm-hmm. before you decide that you're going to go to this route because i can tell you it almost always does not reflect well on the agency yeah and i mean there's just so much transference in the agencies anyway right oh we've been here before we've seen this before we've done this before we've been in this position before and so what i'm clearly trying to state is you got to make sure that it's real and also that it's a pattern that's consistently happening which means you have to give the relationship enough time to build and grow to say okay, this is actually the truth of what's happening versus, to your point, I've been here before. Oh, no, no, I'm not going through it again. So I'm going to do everything bad behavior wise that the client's not going to like because I'm trying to protect myself. Yep, absolutely. All right. The second business limiting mistake agencies make is they fail to learn the client's business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I've always said the best agencies work as extensions of myself, and these are the agencies that I've always appreciated, which means they really, truly understand the business and the extent that they can proactively work within it. This includes being a student of the industry, a, belie- uh, a student of the function, understanding marketing dynamics, know how the business makes money, being clear on the challenges and what keeps people up at night. This also means understanding your client partner in much of the same way so that you can proactively and without direction be of service to them. So this means understanding their motivations, how they get rewarded, the way they like to work, what keeps them up at night as well. (laughs) So all those things that help you become a better partner, as April was alluding to, and how to create those relationships. Because this, and creating those relationships and the partnerships, is a differentiating factor versus having a transactional relationship that is all about deliverables for money. That is a commodity in today's day and age. You do not want to be a commodity. There is a tremendous amount of agencies out there that can do what you're doing and do it well. To assume that what you're doing is somehow in an accelerated or quality-based product or service that others don't have is really just not honoring the fact that in creating relationships, that is where the value happens. When you create those that emotional connection and the necessity be it becomes about needing you and just you, that is where the gold is, right? So need to keep that in mind that learning the business is key to understanding your client, understanding how to help your client in the best way in order to create the most value. But don't go overboard on the onboarding. It needs to be appropriate for the size and scope. I see agencies kind of swing back the other way where they're like, okay, then I need to know everything. I'm like, I need to talk to all these people. I need all the details. Really think about what you actually need in terms of scope, in terms of context, in terms of history, those sorts of things that get you up to speed enough to be able to do the work and start the work. This is what goes in your brief. Be very, very intentional about what goes in your brief. Yes. And I, of course, have a few things to add here. Number one, I've never seen a client get mad 
if you're asking them a question because you're trying to learn about their business. And I say that because too many times I think the agency puts the onus on themselves to fake it till they make it. We've talked about that on other episodes or assume too much or I said just before, try to transfer experiences from other situations and put them on top of of other clients' businesses. And I also think that it gets a little bit tricky on the agency side because we have, quote unquote, our day job, right? We have to create the deliverables that the client wants. We have to grow organic business on these accounts. We have to bring in new business. So there's the business we're in, but then on the other side, there's the client's business. And I very honestly saw too many times where the client's business sort of fell to the wayside or was oversimplified or was even stated as, well, that's not really part of our job. That's what they need to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But the most successful client relationships and and very honestly where agencies are going to succeed today and is is in really digging in and getting to know and understand the business. Because like Anne said, that mention of being proactive or assisting without having to be told, that's really where the important thing is. And over time, Mm -hmm. over time, you can get to a point where you have been so far in so many businesses that you see trends coming and you know you can pull this from what you know before, but it's a lot of hard work to get there. And the other last piece I will say is that there are people that I believe are either made to serve this role in an agency or can be taught and can do sort of the more analytical understanding of business and how marketing and branding and advertising overlap on top of it. But you have to be really intentional with those people because if you have a team that doesn't have that person or a collective ability to understand, that's where this frustration, I feel like, so often would come out. And as someone, at the risk of showing ego here, <laughs> who felt like I was always like, oh, I can see what's coming next because we didn't do X, Y, and Z on the agency side, this can be a really easy one to miss. And it is a fatal mistake, which is the point of this episode. Yeah, and, I, and I'll give an example. Like, I see this a ton with social media agencies, right? <laughs> yep. So they'll show up and they'll be like, oh, this is what works well on Instagram. I'm like, okay, so what works well on Instagram within this industry mm-hmm. then? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, because what works in beauty mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily work over in another CPG product, nope. right? It's a different context. It's different expectations. The consumer is looking for different things. Sometimes in our efforts to kind of streamline our business, we forget that there's nuances when it comes to those things. So if you show up and just say, hey, there's a one-trick pony that's going to solve all your needs, Mm -hmm. that is not compelling for anybody on the other side who actually understands that that is total BS. Yeah. Right? And we see it all the time. We see it like... We're going to get, you know, a thousand or 10,000 or a million eyeballs on this by doing this. It's like, well, have you been successful for doing that within this industry that we're in? Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to articulate how you're going to go about doing that. Not necessarily the fact that you have done it. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that's really nice and that's really important. We've talked about that before. But how you would do that. And what in that, you know, understand the nuances. You understand the industry. It was like, well, then, no, we haven't done exactly for this, but we know what we know about your industry is this and this and this. So we would tweak that in order to be able to more um, directly appeal to your consumer target. 
show some insight that you have thought about it. That mm-hmm. helps people understand it, even though you haven't had the exact work in their industry, that you are able to translate your knowledge, your understanding, your talent to their industry. Yeah, and that's what I mean about asking the right question. So to give another example, and I'll tag on to the social media piece, but regulations in social media have gotten to be a big mm-hmm. deal, like what you can post, what you can share, et cetera, et cetera. So we ran into this with a real estate client. And then when we got, you know, fast forward, there was a lending client that came up. And so it was like, okay, well, I know if if this was regulated, that's definitely regulated. And so first call with that client, it was like, okay, I we have not worked in your business before, to your point, Anne. Yeah. However, we know that there's this group of regulated industries and that it's ramped up more than ever before. And so therefore, talk to me about that and also know that if we don't feel like we can serve you based on those, we're going to tell you that. And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes companies and agencies and people are afraid to admit what they don't know versus taking knowledge they have and using that to be smart in what they're asking. I think that's a really, really good point. And by the way, we didn't get that client. No, because we turned it down. We said we can't can't do that. Yeah, because of the way that they wanted us to structure the work. We're like, "Mm, not sure that that's going to work for you. And it's not in our wheelhouse to be able to to do it the way that you wanted to do it. And we said, I'm sorry, it's just not us. It's not us. Yep. So that's really hard to do sometimes. And but sometimes you have to do it for the integrity and the credibility of your agency. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.